One of the great memories I have as a little boy growing up were those times in which my dad would take my brother and I fishing. I loved those times. And uh, uh, there were a couple of special places for me as I remember those times of fishing with dad, uh, one of which was in East Texas near, near in Big Sandy. We had some friends, uh, uh, the, the Trimble family, that were dairy farmers. And uh, I used to love to go out there and, and, and watch cows being milked. Uh, many kids don't know that, that that happens, and that's where the milk comes from. It just comes from the refrigerated section of H-E-B, right? But there's nothing better than drinking cow, fr- uh, cow fresh from a milk. There's nothing better than drinking milk fresh from a cow. Are you with me? Anybody ever done that? Um, and I love that, not only watching that, but, but Leo Trimble had what we would call stock tanks. And these were, were tanks that were filled with hungry fish. I mean, you could not help but catch fish in Leo's stock tanks. And I'll never forget my dad introducing me to something called stink bait. Stink bait. Now, if you don't know what it is, reach under your chair this morning. We've got a sample for you. No, just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, and I'll never forget throwing that stink bait out and just watching those fish. Every time we threw it, it seemed like we caught something. Later on, when I was in, in, in high school, my, my dad would, would work out of town Monday through Friday. And on, on the weekends, a lot of times, he would, he would grab my brother and I long before the sun ever thought about coming up in the dark of, of the morning. And, and we would head out to the lake nearby and position ourselves on the bank and, and, and start fishing. I guess fish are hungrier when it's dark. I don't know. But I'm like, can we not wait a little while? But, but dad would take me out. I'll never forget some of those things dad would teach me there about fishing in the dark and you can't see and on the shore and the waves, you know, would do all sorts of things with your line. And I would think that that was it. He said, no, 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 wait for the hit. And you've got to learn how to fill it, hit the line, then you set the hook. So my dad taught me lots of things, but I'm going to stand here today and, and I am not going to profess to being a great fisherman. I, I, I'm not. Now, I, I, I wore the official Man U fishing shirts today. By the way, how is it? Is it slimming? Black is slimming is what they told me. Come on, folks. Help a preacher out. See, I've learned about fishing. and It's kind of like golf. If you're not good at either of them, if you like dress the part, it kind of looks like you know what you're talking about, right? And, uh, and, and so, but I'm not going to stand here today to profess to know a lot about fishing for fish. But I do know something about fishing for people. And today, that's where I want us to go. Today, we're all going to go fishing. Is that all right? Look at your neighbor right now. Even those of you watching online, I want you to look at somebody and say, are you ready to go fishing? Say, you look good. You don't smell so nice. But that's all right. You get stinky when you fish. Today, I want us to talk about going fishing. And you say, what about fishing? What do you mean fishing for people? Well, we've got some things and that, that are important when it comes to fishing for fish that, that I believe that we can find that are important for us as well to use as we go fishing for people. Now, I want to say this at the beginning, and we're going to hit it again towards the end, but I want to say this before you doze off and start taking that nap. We have an incredible bait when we go fishing for people. The bait, of course, is Jesus And we have an incredible hook when it comes to setting that bait, and it's called the gospel. So so there's no other religion that preaches such a message of grace, 
forgiveness and redemption as does the message of Jesus Christ. Are you with me today? You see, for some of you here today, you think that God is mad at you, he's condemning you, and he's out to get you. Oh no, my friend. He is with arms stretched wide, with loving arms, ready to receive you and bring you in. It's called grace. And it's not based on anything you do, but it's based on what Jesus has done on the cross. Somebody come on and go with me this morning. Our bait is Jesus. You know, the church, this church was started as a church that would preach that simple message. We started over 11 years ago as a church that would preach and promote Jesus over religion and a denomination. We believe that even in our day and age that Jesus still has a great reputation in the minds of people. And so for the last 11 and a half years, we here at 1910 Church have tried to keep it about Jesus. <laughs> Just as some of you would remember the Doobie Brothers pronounced in 1972 that Jesus is still all right with me. Or some of you younger people in 1992 with your group DC Talk would pronounce the same thing. We believe that Jesus is still all right with a lot of people. Religion isn't. Denominations may not be. <laughs> Christians may not be. But Jesus is still all right. Today, I want us to look at a fishing story. I want us to look at an incredible story of a miracle that happened one day in the book of Luke chapter 5 that, that propelled a group of fishermen into a new life-altering direction. And that has been my prayer for you today. This morning I woke up early and I sent a message to our, to our team and I said, hey team, listen, I am praying that today would be a, a refocusing day for us as a church but more importantly, that we would understand what our mission is and that we would run with a renewed passion for the things that God loves and those things are people. In Luke chapter 5, we find a story of Jesus' interaction with a group of fishermen one day. And it was a life-altering interaction. It changed the trajectory of their lives. These men, as a result of what we're about to look at in Luke chapter 5, they were never the same. Say never. They were never the same. And I'm praying that for us today. I'm praying that we, as a result of our time together, would not be the same today. In Luke chapter 5, I want to begin reading in verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. This is early on in Jesus' ministry. He has just started his earthly ministry. For about 30 years of his life, the first 30 years of his life, he was about his earthly father's work. He was at home with his parents. He participated as a family member. But at the age of 30, Jesus set out to become a part of his heavenly father's mission. He has just started that part of his life, that mission. He's already performed a miracle or two. People are starting to hear stories of this great rabbi that's a little bit different than the others. And they're beginning to follow after him. Verse 2, he noticed as, as these crowds are pressing into him to listen to the word of God, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge there on the Sea of Galilee. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, 
to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, say that with me. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. That's a good day fishing, isn't it? Come on, somebody. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Someone listening to this, these words today may feel the same way. That you're just too wretched of a sinner. Your life is a train wreck. And there's no hope for you. Hang in there with me today. For he was awestruck, it says in verse 9, by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. And I want to read the first part of verse 10. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Let me just go ahead and keep reading a little bit. Jesus replied to Simon, you are a scoundrel, a filthy scumbag, dirty sinner away from me. No, this is the love of Jesus. The incredible love of Jesus that we just sang about. This is what Jesus does for people. Are you listening? Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Lord Jesus, I pray that today you would be honored and glorified through this story. And Lord, I pray that you would use these words and the reminder of of what we see in the pages of the Bible. Lord, just exactly what you've called us to be about as well as your church. And Lord, may we run with a renewed passion, energy, excitement, zeal, determination. After the things that you love most, people. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody in this house and online said... Amen. Amen. I love in verse 2, it says that Jesus noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Now, I don't know a lot about fishing. Most of my fishing experiences were, were from the bank or from a shore. And I know that for many of you, that's how you fish. I love driving down River Road and seeing people fish the Cibolo there on the, the shore. And our city's built some docks that we can walk out on and fish. And, and some people that love to break the law of the land, maybe venture out over on the dam and fish. It's really not, you shouldn't do that. It's dangerous and it's illegal. And we're to respect the governing authorities. And I, yeah, I got pulled over this week in the church truck. I'm just going to tell you that I got pulled over. Go ahead and laugh like you've never been pulled over. Oh, it was horrible. I just left a prayer meeting too. I love it when a state trooper walks up and says, hello, pastor. Yeah. Where was I going? Squirrel. Some of you fist on the shore. 
That's where I was going. Some of you know that the really big fish, the lunkers, or the big deep sea fish are in the deeper waters. And you know that sometimes it's just a little bit better fishing when you have a craft, when you have a boat, something to go out a little bit deeper in. Am I talking to anybody today? Is there anybody listening to say, oh, I want to fish deep waters, pastor. I'm praying for a boat today. Somebody. Amen. Amen. You know who you are. You better tithe first and we'll see what Jesus does for you. (laughs) Having a craft sometimes when it comes to fishing helps just as it did with these men in Luke chapter five. Simon, Peter, James, and John were fishermen, and it says they had two boats sitting on the lakeside that day when Jesus was making his ministry rounds, and they were fishing there. You know, it helps for us as well sometimes that as we consider being fisher of men, and as we consider going out, wouldn't it be great if we had some sort of a craft as well? Wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of implement or a tool that we could use? In this story, they had a boat, had a boat. Now, Jesus has already got people following him. It says here in Luke chapter 5 that the crowds were continuing to following him. I think Jesus was trying to get away from people, and he gets to the water and says, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, I'm not ready to do that walking on water yet thing. That'll come later, but but I'm, I'm pinned in. But he sees these boats, and he takes advantage of what is given to him that day. We know that Jesus gets in one of these boats and says, Simon, hey, Let's go out into the water so that I can stand and teach to the crowds of people so they all can hear and see me, but I need to go out a little bit. The boat was a big deal in this story. It got me to thinking about us as we fish for men, as we fish for people. And I I came up with the question that, that I think is important for us. What is it in your sphere of influence that God wants you to use as your pulpit? The, 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 the pulpit this day was not some stage with a, a, a sexy plexiglass flat, you know, lectern from Australia like I have here because things are better from the land down under. You know, Jesus had a boat. It was his pulpit. What is it that God has placed in your sphere of influence that you could use as your pulpit? I'm a school teacher and I have students come throughout my classroom all day. That's your pulpit. I'm a business owner, and, and we have customers that come into my place of business, or we have people that call, or, or people purchase our products. Maybe that could be your pulpit. I, 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 I'm a mom, and, and I run in circles, you know, social groups with so many other, other men or women or ladies, or I volunteer at the school, or, hey, I'm a student, and, and I'm on the soccer team, or I'm in the band, or, or I'm in, 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 in theater. or, or what, what is your pulpit? that God has given you that you could use to influence others. You see, for Jesus here in Luke 5, it wasn't light, sound, stage, or anything. It was a boat. And he set out to use that as he fished for the people. These disciples, these actually fishermen, they were fishermen, right? They're not disciples yet. They're about to become disciples in verse 11. I left you hanging there. I didn't finish the story for you. But they're fishermen. These guys probably grew up like I did as a young boy. This is probably all they knew. They, 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 they didn't learn up playing baseball or football or shooting baskets. They, they probably grew up just as I did with my dad oftentimes going out and learning how to fish. Fishing to them was a big deal. 
It was their livelihood. It was what put food on the table for, for their family, for them to eat, but also for them to go and sell and, 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 and earn an income so that they could provide for their families in so many other ways. I can't help but think that fishing was pretty much all these guys knew how to do. Don't you think they had some fish stories? <laughs> they probably had some jokes and stories, some tall tales to tell, you know. These guys were fishermen. Can't you just imagine the odor? Can't you imagine how soiled their garments probably were from guts and salt water and everything? Just imagine. They were fishermen. They would soon become disciples. You know, when I think about fishermen, there are some, some things that come to my mind that I think are important for us to remember as well as we consider our role in fishing for people. If we go fishing, I think that there's some things that we can learn from these early fishermen slash disciples that will help us as we consider going out and fishing for people. First of all, they were passionate. They were passionate. This is what they did day in, day out, sometimes at nighttime. They had just fished all night and nothing. These guys were passionate. They, they struck out, but yet they're still sitting there on the banks this day, probably in the heat of the day, and, and they're going, man, what can we do? They were passionate. Let me ask you, church, are we passionate for the fish we're going after? Are we passionate about people? Listen, we need to care about people because people mean a great deal to God. They do. People matter to God. And if we're going to be his followers, if we're going to be his disciples, if we're ever going to follow through with this idea of becoming fisher of men, listen, we must care about those things that Jesus cares about. We sang that he gave his life. Those scars that brought us victory. Listen, those scars and that victory was not just for you, but it was for the whole world. Do you know that? For God so loved the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious. Listen, we need to care about people. Do you care? Are you passionate? These fishermen, they were also prepared. They were prepared. They had just struck out fishing all night. But yet when Jesus finds here in Luke chapter 5, they are still sitting on the edge and they're mending. It says they're fish, uh, washing their nets, cleaning it of debris. Hey, when you've ever gone fishing, have you caught things besides fish on your line before? Seaweed, tin cans, rubber tires. You know, we, we, we catch some. These guys probably raked in some. They're, they're washing their nets, cleaning the debris. They're probably mending those areas that might be a little frail or what have you. But, the, but they're preparing because they know, they know we're going to go back out and we need to be ready. Hey, listen, are you prepared? When the Lord gives you those opportunities to uh, fish for people, are you ready? Do you know what you would do? Do you know what you have in your tackle box? Do you have a story to tell of what Jesus has done for you for years? I, I think so many of us have kind of become frozen when it comes to sharing faith because we feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to memorize like the whole book of Romans. You know, and if I get this verse ahead of this verse, it doesn't make sense. And this, it's a mess. And, you know, ah, and we freak out over it, right? Am I talking to anybody? Are we prepared to tell others these people that matter to God, these fish around us, are we prepared to tell them who Jesus is and what he can do? Do we know enough about the gospel that we're all sinners 
that we are doomed, that there is no hope except, except for what Jesus has done on the cross. And he's not out to judge or condemn you. He's out, out to give you forgiveness, grace, and offer mercy. That the only way you can ever be made right with God, the only way you can ever be saved is to say yes to Jesus Christ and to receive him into your life. It's not based on anything you do but what he's done on the cross. Come on, somebody. Are you prepared? These fishermen were also persistent. Listen, they had missed it, fished all night. Can you imagine having to go home to their wives? <laughs> hey, honey, how was fishing? Uh, can we just watch the people's court or something? I don't want to talk about it, you know. These guys knew that although they missed it this one time, there'd be another opportunity to go fishing. Listen, when it comes to us sharing our faith and when it comes to us fishing for people, there will be times in which we miss it. There will be times in which you share your story of Jesus and when you get the courage to step out for him and, 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 and you share and you do everything you can, but the fish just don't bite. You know that happens when you fish sometimes, right? That you've thrown it out, you've studied conditions and when the tide is right. And you, but listen, sometimes fish just don't take the bait, do they? But will we throw our hands up? Did these guys throw their hands up and quit? No, they knew. They were persistent. Listen, we, church, need to keep grinding. True evangelism, true, true fishing, it can be a laborious task. Do not give up. Listen, for many of you in this room, your story of salvation and coming to know Jesus Christ was not a one and done type of situation, was it? But it was a consistency of you hearing the story. Listen, I know that next weekend we'll probably have 3,000 people come through these doors that will hear a story that they've heard many, many times before. Do you know what? I'm still going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to still say that he died on the cross. I'm still going to talk about an empty grave, and I'm going to share with them the joy ooh, that they can have when they say yes to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But I know that not everybody that day who's lost will be found. But you know what? I'm going to keep on after it. I'm going to keep pounding that door, right, Pastor Chase? I'm going to keep pounding, pounding. I'm going to keep preaching. And you do too. You need to keep casting. You need to keep fishing. You need to be persistent. And I love that these guys, they partnered with each other. You remember when it says that Simon went out and he pulled in the fish and there were too many. His boat was sinking. Praise God that he had some other friends with him. That another boat they could come out and help bring in the fish that night. Listen. But I can't help but think those guys probably sat around oftentimes and say, hey, listen, you know, Peter, listen. If, if you would have just tried this or if you would have thrown it this way or this way, if we would have gone to this area or whatever. They were always probably talking about new angles or new techniques. You know, that's what fishermen do a lot of times. Unless it's some sort of a competition, then they're not going to share with you any of the secrets, right? And some fishermen are not going to share with you where the honey hole is, right? But oftentimes, guys that love Jesus and care about their fellow fisherman, they will share. This is what I've learned. Or, this is how I would do it. You're not doing it right, you know. You talk too much. You got to be quiet because fish have supersonic hearing. And you, you got to be quiet. What about us? Maybe for some of us, it's time for us to consider a new angle, a new technique when it comes to us sharing our faith story. You see, for years, you know what our, our technique has been at the church? We're going to yell louder. We're going to point fingers at people. And we're going to call them sinners and dirtbags and scumbags and say, oh, turn or fry, you know, turn or burn or French fried or sanctified. Or we're we're going to scare the hell out of people. And it just hasn't worked. 
I'm just telling you, it just might be a time for somebody who's lost in our culture today just to see a difference that Jesus can make in somebody's life and the joy that he gives. And us just start living like people that have been with Jesus. Come on. Verse 3 says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. I love this. Jesus, ooh, Jesus was into technology, wasn't he? He used the mountains that day. He used the water. He used his normal voice. Oh, Jesus had a big, bad voice, didn't he? He could just speak and people could hear and listen. What are we using? What, what, what are we using as we fish. You know, listen, it's not about lights and sound and haze and screens and, you know, cool fishing shirts or, or what. It's not about those things. But what are we using to, to share the life-changing story of Jesus with the people that we're going after? Jesus got into Peter's boat. I love that about a boat. So I look at this boat that day. This boat was a place of intimacy, wasn't it? It was just Peter and Jesus in that boat. It's probably a small boat that day, but it was just Peter and Jesus. Hey, you know that, that you and Jesus are enough, right? That time of intimacy with Jesus. Do you press in and do you have those intimate moments with Jesus? Are you spending that time with him? I mean, Peter was with Jesus in the boat that day. Just the two of them. Just Jesus. That boat also was a place of instruction. We know that, that Peter was probably a little discouraged because he'd fished all night not caught anything but Jesus gave Peter some direction he gave him some instruction that day hey listen there's some instruction and direction that Jesus has for every one of us as well are you making the time to get with him in order to listen and receive it or are you so busy that you're missing out on what Jesus is trying to tell you to do. But Jesus, I've been, I've been praying for this family member. I've been trying to share with them or this coworker, this, this classmate, this teacher, this neighbor. Lord, I've been trying everything I can, and I just don't know what to do. Maybe you just need some instruction. And maybe in your busyness of trying to do it and do it on your own strength and ability. Listen, you know that we don't save people, right? It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict it's God's job to judge and it's our job to love right we don't save people but for some of us maybe we're just too dadgum busy and we're not listening well enough we're not listening to the instruction and the direction from Jesus this boat was also a place of irritation what do you mean by that don't you think Peter was a little torqued off First of all, that this, 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 this Jesus dude has, has asked him, hey, can I use your boat? Let's go out. I'm, he's probably tired. He's hungry. He needs a pimento cheese sandwich. He's, he's ready for something, right? And, and, and he's tired. And, and, and don't you just think that when, when, when Jesus said, hey, hey, why don't you throw your nets out on this side? Don't you think that this professional fisherman named Peter, don't you think he was a little irritated by that? Uh, you know that you get a little torqued off when somebody tries to tell you what to do and you've tried it a certain way, right? Yeah. I think he was a little irritated. Listen, sometimes you will be called to do something that you may not like. Or, or, or sometimes Jesus may call you to do something that just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you might not like what Jesus calls you to do, but let me tell you something. It's always the right thing. It's always the right thing. You just have to listen. 
Verses 4 and 5 says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Simon, Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Go out and let down. For some of you, you feel like you struck out and that there's no hope for someone that maybe you've been trying to share your faith with. Or there's no hope for this coworker, this classmate. They're just too far gone. Listen, I want you to continue to go out and let down your nets just as Jesus told Peter to. And I love the reward in verses 6 through 10 because we find that when Peter finally listened to Jesus and did it exactly the way Jesus told him to do it, the reward was great. Folks, can I tell you something? When you live life God's way, the reward is worth it. When you do things God's way, it's worth it. For some of you right now, you're frustrated. You feel like you're spinning your wheels in life and you're not getting anywhere. You're trying everything you know how to to, 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 to write your course to make it a little bit different. Listen, I'm just, I'm just encouraging you. Start to live and do things God's way and just watch and see how things begin to change in your life. Are you with me today? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, fishing is hard. It's difficult. I get it. But it is so worth it. We're called fish, just as Jesus called Peter to throw those nets out another time. Oh, we've tried, and we're just, throw them out. And I'm reminded that we don't need to guide the guide, do we? You ever tried to guide a fishing guide? Some of you pay big bucks, and you go fishing down on the coast. These guys got pimped out rigs, and they're providing all this stuff for you, but you're the expert, aren't you? And you know that that doesn't sit well with those guys. They're like, bro, listen, you, you, you wear a suit five days a week and you're telling me how to fish for, don't guide the guide. So many of us in life, we're trying to guide our guide. Oh, God, you, you don't get it. You're, you're so old and archaic and outdated. You don't get it today, God. I, I know some stuff here. You better be careful of that. Don't you guide the guide. When he says to do something, you do it. You listen. You respond. So let me ask you a series of questions this morning. What are you doing to get out of your comfort zone to fish? What are you doing to get out to go fish for things that matter, these people that mean a great deal to God? Who is it that's in your ocean? Who is it that you're surrounded with that are, that are swimming around and they're helpless, they're floundering? Who is it that's in your ocean that need this bait that you're offered, that need Jesus. Hey, I'm wondering, is our church set up to receive people like that? Is our church a place where people that who are floundering and people that are far from God, can they walk into this place and feel loved and accepted? Can they feel connected with other people? Do they hear a message that makes sense? Are we sharing with them a difference that Jesus can make in their lives? Come on. Let me ask you this. Who was the last person you led to Christ? Now, hang on, back up the bus. You just said we don't save people. I know we don't, but make no mistake about it. God wants to speak through you into lives of other people as well. And he wants to use you. Who's the last person that you were per persistent with, that you continued to share the difference Jesus can make in life? Who was that person? You know, if we're not careful, 
we can forget that we're called to be fishers of men. You know, if we're not careful, we can begin to think of this place, this thing called church, as an aquarium. We can begin to think of it as it's just a place where we can come chill out in some cool neon rocks. Just kind of swim around and kind of have our way. And, oh, there's going to be an overweight, bald-headed guy that's going to drop some food in every once in a while and kind of feed me. And all I have to do is, in this aquarium is I just have to swim around. I just have to kind of be present every once in a while and just, oh, get me some food every once in a while. And if we're not careful, you know what can happen? Because we've received Jesus already, we can just think that this is what it's all about. This is the end all for us. And we can begin to think, oh, this is enough. Why are we adding a fourth service? Come on, look, it's full. Come on, man. Or, hey, you, we, we need to build on and add more space? Are you kidding me? No, we're content. We got enough fishes here. Don't need any more. And if we're not careful, we can begin to think of this aquarium and just be content and satisfied in it. I want to try something this morning. This could go bad. The reality is that we all know people like this fish right here. It's kind of flopping around and floundering in this thing called life. And we're just like, hey, you know what? Good luck. Just hang out, buddy. Hope somebody does something to rescue you. This fish needs us. In fact, so many of you right now are more concerned about this fish floundering and dying than you are about lost people outside this aquarium. You're more concerned about me picking him up and getting him in the tank in time. Struggling. But yet we fail to see our neighbors and our classmates and our friends that need some help from us to be placed back into this life-giving environment where they're made whole and restored and renewed. Church, it's time to go fishing. And will we care about our lost friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates that are dead, dying, and floundering outside? Will we care enough to go after them and bring them to Jesus? Church, let's go fishing. It's time to go fishing. I, I've been, been wearing a bracelet on my wrist for a little over a month now. It's just, it's a fish hook bracelet. And, and uh, I've been wearing it just as a reminder to me that this is my calling. I'm called to preach the gospel, absolutely. But I'm also called to be looking each and every day for people around me that, that are floundering and in need of Jesus. And this just serves as a reminder to me that that, that, that I'm called to, to fish for people. And we, we, we have a gift for you today. We have these for every one of you that would love one of these. On your way out in the exit doors today, you can receive one of these. And maybe just wear it as I do, just as a reminder. That, hey, you know what? That's my calling. That I'm called to go and fish for people. Church, may we never lose sight of that. The reality is that somebody cared enough for you one day that they... Zzz, they set something out. They set Jesus your way. And they hooked you 
with the life-saving gospel of who he is and what he could do in your life. Let us go and do likewise. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me this morning as we pray. Our prayer ministry team are gonna come join me down front today. Listen, if you're here today, first of all, and you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm praying that today when this service is ended that you would run down to the front and share with one of our team members down here that, hey, I need Jesus in my life. I'm so thankful that he, is, he still loves me despite all the things I've done. Listen, Jesus still loves you and you're not too far gone. He came for you. He wants to save you. Or maybe you're here today and you're just dealing with some stuff that's weighing you down. There's something you're facing. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a career situation. Maybe there's a relationship that's struggling. Hey, whatever we can pray with you about and encourage you with, we would be honored to do so. I want to pray and dismiss us. And as others are leaving, you come if we can come alongside of you and minister to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder today that people matter. They matter to you, Lord. We sang about it all day, about the joy that you give. We sang about the scars that you bore that brings us victory. And Lord, we're reminded through this story in Luke chapter 5 that that you care about people. You care about people. And Lord, I love how it says in verse 11 there of Luke chapter five, that Peter and James and John, they left everything that day and began to follow you. They became fishers of men. Lord, I pray that for this house, that we would be known as a church that cares for people, that we will do whatever we can to bring them to Jesus. It's in his great name we pray, amen. Thank you, you're dismissed.